So um, this is all about you and your business and your journey. I like interviewing different musicians and singers because there's no like one set path to what we do. Um, my first question is, how did you first get involved in singing? I first got involved in singing from my family. My grandma is actually, the music school is named after my grandma. Her name is Ruth Evelyn Dreyer. Yeah, her R-E-D are her initials. So everyone thinks it's the color and it's not. It's actually her name. And so that's, she was very musical. Uh, my father also is musical. And so that's kind of, I feel like I just was brought up in a musical family. Very cool. So it's in your blood. Yeah, I didn't know this, but like my great grandparents, like my great grandpa played the church organ and my great grandma like sang in the choir. So I guess the singing kind of comes, goes from like that side. My grandma also sings. So yeah, so um, this is a big question. Probably other people are wondering, but how the heck do you balance being a mom, a business owner and a singer? And <laughs> the other day you're like, that's even if I do it at all. <laughs> I know it's it's funny because it's I think that I don't balance it very well <laughs> a lot of the time um I but I think the big thing that I try to do is take turns and oh, so I will be like okay for this chunk of time I am working on the music school stuff and then for this chunk of time I'm trying to be super present with my children and then for this chunk of time chunk of time it's like oh I'm gonna be a performer and so it's because I feel like when we try to do all of the things all the time, <laughs> we get absolutely nothing done. And it can be frustrating. And then you're like, all of the guilt comes in because you're like, well, I'm not doing the best at this or I'm not being a good mom or whatever it may be. And so in taking turns, I really feel like I'm able to focus 100% or at least attempt to on one thing and go from there. And that's nice that you have your husband, Paul. So if you need to do something, he can watch the kids and you have people helping you in your business. So that's definitely a plus. But yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I could do all those things. I don't In the future, I'm debating if I want to have children or not. So <laughs> I like you to. Know, <laughs> that's awesome. And I, I feel like there's a little bit of this belief that kids can stunt your career or kids make it so you can't. Right, right. Do anything. And I feel like I was afraid of that. And, um, and definitely, I mean, I have an amazing support system in my husband, Paul, because I, I wouldn't be able to do it without him. Um, and he's the same way. He's very motivated to do different things. And he's um, a composer and he's a pianist. And so there's different hats that he is working on as well. Um, but I, I definitely feel like I believed that I couldn't, if I was going to be like a mom, that that meant that I failed in some way or that um, like I didn't make it or all of these silly beliefs that we can kind of tell ourselves in our, in our heads. Um, but I've definitely found that that has been one of the greatest things for me and my career. Yeah, because there's literally professors that say, oh, you can have a career, always going to be traveling. You can't have a family. Like, um, I know you worked with Heidi at um, IU, and she was an ed major in college because her voice teacher said, you can't have a career and have a family. Isn't that awful? But I think that's a great example. The Murphys are a great example of doing it all. So Right. Oh, for sure. They, they are an amazing power couple and mm -hmm. it's it's awesome to see that yes they do it and i've actually had conversations in the past with heidi about that and and having kids too because at when i was working with her i wasn't under the mindset that 
like, oh, family and kids and marriage types of things are going to, I was like, oh, this is all going to stop. Like, how am I supposed to have a career when I do this? Um, but it's, it was really helpful to also have her and have her example in my life and her with, with Kevin as well, for sure. Yeah. And there's also a stigma that like the Met is like an end all be all because you can make the most of your local resources like you've done. So I'm going to kind of pick your, um, brain a little bit about a little of the things that you went about in that masterclass I took. So what? prepares you for a music career and then what does not prepare you for music career like what do they tell you a school that helps and what do they tell you what don't they tell you that does not help yeah for sure I feel like the training that I had and I know that every college is different of course there's always exceptions but the training that I had it was very much especially my undergrad I did four operas in four years and I feel like that was one of the things that was the most helpful because I was just kind of I had never done an opera before and I hadn't even had the mindset of like oh I want to go into classical it was more of like performing or musical theater type of thing but then in doing those operas you just kind of get thrown into it and then you learn so much as you go along and of course there's great courses and, and things in music programs. And I think that those are all necessary. And I, I know that music programs have so many hoops to jump through and so many struggles of their own. Um, but I do, I do feel like there are missing pieces. And some of those things that I feel like are missing are emotional support, like how to deal with the high pressure that careers and music careers can can give you or how to deal with competition and jealousy in a, in a healthy way and how to deal with a lot of the negative emotions that that people don't even it's almost like you try to hide it or it's like supposed to be embarrassing or something like that I think um, mm -hmm. it's it's making light of those types of things and then also a big thing that I feel like could have been helpful but I had to end up learning that as I went along was all about entrepreneurship like being your own business, right? And like, ever, I feel like everybody is their own entrepreneur. Everybody is representing yourself and your personal brand by how you show up and how you interact and everything. And I feel like there wasn't very much of that. And there wasn't very much of like professional development type of skills. And these are resumes and websites and, and headshots and stuff. And you, you can go to different supplemental things and you can have individual conversations but in in general i feel like a lot of that and and just the whole business of music and networking and money uh, and performance anxiety like i mean hello how many people have amazing talents right and then but it holds them back because of their performance anxiety and if they were able to manage that they could probably have the career of their dreams type of thing right so i feel like those things were not as helpful also, like the financial things of it, um, there's so many different things you can do with a music career. Like people just have like a performance mentality, but um, teaching and church gigs and like outreach, there's so many different things you can do with a music career. So definitely having more than one like performance mentality because there's so many things you can do. And there's a lot of people that even like go into arts administration, like so things like that. Um, okay. For sure. I, and one thing that you were, oh. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think that I have a little bit of a lag on my connection over here. Sorry. But I one know. thing that you were mentioning earlier was about 
the met being the end all be all. And I do feel like I fell into that trap. I did feel like, oh, well, if I'm not at the met, then I wouldn't have made it. But I think in probably the past five years, one of the biggest things that I've learned, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that there is no it. And that um, it's every, it is different for everybody. And it's, it's really based upon the fulfillment of our hearts. I mean, I can be fulfilled doing local gigs and local contracts with different companies and then coming home and being with my babies every night. Whereas somebody else, they could be fulfilled where they're like, I want to travel to Israel. I want to travel to California. I want to do all of these things. And that is my it. And it does not necessarily mean that one person has a greater value or greater talent, um, more potential than the other. It's, it's really just, I think one of the, the big missing pieces is that everything is subjective. Everything. Every company is subjective. Every director is subjective. There are so many times when I'm like, oh, well, when I'm trying to teach things and or teach audition skills, say with my students, it's kind of thinking like, well, some like this other director was like, don't you dare sing a piece from this show. And then this other director is like, of course, we're singing a piece from the show. That's how you tell me what role you want, right? And it's like little examples like that, where it's it's not the same. And there's so much personal opinion and trying to um, find what each person wants. It's like chasing the wind. You never, you never win. So. Hmm. Also, I wore an IU shirt to school today. So go IU. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a good school. It's a good school. Like relate that to what we're talking about. But um, so how did you go about starting your business in the first place? I know it's grown over the years since you've started, it, I'm sure. So how did you go about starting that? And what made you want to do that? Right. Um, well, it actually started with Paul. And he landed a music director job at a church in a town in Ohio. And at that time I was pursuing my master's degree. And then I went to IU to do my PD over at Jacobs. And mm -hmm. within that, he was already starting to build a student base just because people saw him and they were like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? And then they wanted to take lessons with him. So we didn't start with the intention of having a music school. And then through him, some people met me and then I started to have a, a small student base as well. Then I went to IU and he had all of my students. And then I moved back and we were kind of like, what do we do now? What is it? And we had kind of the soul searching kind of figuring things out. And then through that, we started to have more students. And then we had a lot of students. We ended up getting to the point where I think I had 60 students. I was also very motivated at that time to pay off my student loan debt by you. Thank you. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> um, but uh, but in, in doing that, all of a sudden we got to the point where we couldn't take everyone that was interested. And, and we met somebody that really worked very well with our, I guess our, our heart and the, the type of community and what we were trying to build. And so she ended up starting to teach for us and it was, it was awesome. And then from that, it just kind of started to evolve. But I think the, the important thing was it wasn't like, oh, let's get all these students. Let's find all these families. It was more of like here at our music school and Paul and I and our current teachers now, there's a very specific special type of 
person that it works well for. They, they see that what we're doing in the community and they want to be a part of it. And they see that it's so much more than the music. Of course, there's the music, but they see like, oh, this is a mentorship. This is uh, somebody besides me that's checking in with my son or daughter every single week that cares about them, that wants to challenge them, that wants to help them grow. And they see that more as like, that's priceless. You, you can't put a price tag on that. And so I think in, in going in that angle, it's really kind of helped to develop us because we're not necessarily for everybody, but it's, it's mm. finding our people per se and, and really trying to help those people that are very like-minded and they see the importance of what we're doing, getting them to, to be a part of our community, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And that kind of goes along with the, all your different platforms that you do, like your Vocal Career Academy. I just saw on your resume that you started, it was like something Begone Academy, which is like performance anxiety, whatever it was called. <laughs> but those are all, the, it's all encompassing thing. It's one thing to be like, I'm going to teach you how to sing, but it's like, well, what are your goals? Like, do you want to do this for a living? If so, here are pieces I wish I would for sure, for sure. And I think the whole concept behind, but the, the concept behind doing the academies is, is also to the point of feeling like, okay, I have, I love doing lessons and I love working on technique with my students and all of these type of things, but there's so much more involved and seeing how much more is involved and required of the real world. And then seeing music majors and being like, I was there and I was like, I have no idea what I'm just about to kind of experience in life and all of the hard lessons. I think it's really hard to let people know that you're there to help them with prevention instead of like their pain points you know it's it's different yeah. if somebody's like falling flat on their face and they're like i'm dealing with all this and this and this and this and this and then they're like banging down your door but i think it's also different to be like hey i see you and i see this pothole that you're gonna drive over and i just wanted to let you know that there's another alternative route um, that yeah. i can show you um so so that's kind of where it stemmed from and just not having all of the time to work with everybody one-on-one -on -one. so making a cohesive um thing with multiple modules that's what vca vocal career academy is so module one is is working through the negative emotions dealing with competition dealing with rejection um and then there's there's module two and there's performing all things performing there's performance anxiety there's entrepreneurship there's money there's a vocal pedagogy in that and, and time management that was um time management and so that's kind of vca and all the we're the doors are closed right now for that so because we're working through that but i'll probably launch that again at some point this year but the nerves be gone that's what you saw and that's that's taking um, something, I've done a lot of work for VCA and that's working with people that have performance anxiety. So this can be musicians, this can be singers, but things that get in the way where they have so much training, they have just so much talent, but they're not really able to enjoy their performances or a little stupid things like the physical symptoms can get in the way of that. And so that's kind of going to be evolving soon as the Nerves Be Gone Academy to, to help people and, and work through with that in, in an online course format. Totally. Who are you? Shalene Johnson, all these courses, like, come on. <laughs> oh, I love her. She's, yeah. I mean, I think we have very, very similar role models. So it's awesome. Yeah. Shalene, Brock and Jasmine Starr. They're like my whole life. <laughs> right. There is just, there's just so much generosity and so much goodness and positivity. They're like my people. Okay. Um, question. Who are your biggest musical influences? 
That, this is going to sound cheesy, but it's totally true. My musical influences are not necessarily famous people because I, I very, I'm very inspired by Paul. I think that there's so much, and especially because I get to hear his compositions and I'm like, whoa, because there's so much depth in those. And so he's someone that inspires me, but then also my my kids like my babies and it's weird because it's like what does that have to do with me singing and stuff like that but there is so many feelings that I've never felt in my entire life um until I had babies and and dealing with that and then interpreting that and bringing that to my music um and so that's one thing that really inspires me and then also my students really inspire me because they're so talented and they're um, I mean, there's things when in, in teaching them new pieces and I'm discovering new pieces as I teach things to them. And, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, there's, there's so much beauty in the, in this piece as I work on it with them. And there's so many things that in, in teaching them, I, I just learn myself because mm-hmm. I, I feel like we can always learn from our students and it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. And so I, I mean, I have people that I like that are famous, but so it sounds kind of cheesy when I say that, but I would say that those are the, those are the things that inspire me more, more of the emotional connection. And instead of like, Oh, look at that really cool riff or something like that. I, I respect a lot of that kind of thing, but I think for me, it just goes deeper. I heard you. Okay. So I am looking to, to grow. I mean, I don't necessarily, I'm not looking for like a, a huge growth or a viral growth or anything like that. I think what I'm looking for the most is to find the people that I'm trying to help the most. And, and so, and it doesn't have to be a big community. It can just be like a very close knit community of people where I get them, they get me and they, they really appreciate the, what I have to offer and what I have to offer, whether it's performing or teaching or balancing or any combination of those things, but just to find the people that I'm trying to help is, is probably what my intention is because I've been a lot more active on social media. If, um, if you you can tell, um, from, I would say probably the past six months and, and in doing that, I'm just trying to put myself out there and find my people be like, Hey, here I am. Where are you? (laughs) Show me where you are so that I can, I can help you and, and we can go from there. So, yeah. Very cool. So I'm going to ask you um, one last question. I'm kind of going to encompass like a bunch of different things. So if you could tell your 20 year old self something like what advice you would give her, what would you say? Mm, That's a good one. That's a really good question. I would say work through people pleasing because that is something that I have, I've worked through and struggled with for my entire life. And Um, I think there's challenges with anyone in in any line of work, but especially in music, when you're trying to work through people pleasing, it's kind of like auditioning, right? You're trying to fit a certain mold. You're trying to be what everybody else wants you to be. Um, And in that, sometimes you can be easily veered a certain way or transition a certain way or be easily manipulated or whatever it might be. And so losing kind of a sense of, of self or your heart or what, it, who it is that you are. And so I feel like I would go back and it'd be like, work through people pleasing, whatever that may be. Don't be afraid to have confrontations. Don't be afraid to let people down. Don't be afraid to disappoint people or make them mad at you. Like you don't have to be what everybody wants you to be all the time. And so 
I feel like that would probably be the the biggest thing for me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming live for me. I hope this gives you kind of an insight how maybe you could go live and collaborate with other people. Um, but thank you so much. And I'll talk to you later. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. This is super fun. So yeah. I, I really appreciate the invite. And, and thanks for having me. We'll have to do one of these again, but vice versa, where I'm interviewing you. I'm too. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Have a good weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. I want you to imagine what it would be like if you had so much focus, so much zen, so much peace, so much calmness, and so much excitement at the same time before performance. As in, like, you're not getting in your head, you're not freaking out, you're not becoming a basket case, or you're not a hot mess. So if you feel like sometimes that is you, imagine what it would feel like if that wasn't the case, if that wasn't a problem anymore. It would be pretty awesome, right? So. What is the first step to that? Working with your mindset. So if this is something that's of interest to you, I recommend going to stopcaringwhatthethink.com. If you're a performer and you wanna have more confidence, if you wanna get out of your head, these are tips and tricks that I'm offering to you for free. It's a free resource that can help you have more confidence to manage that anxiety and just to feel like you can enjoy life again. You can enjoy performing. That's what it's all about, right? So stopcaringwhatthethink.com. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I hope that you enjoyed it and learned something. Don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. I post new videos every Wednesday and a new podcast every Friday. Thanks.